You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. It's your boy, Steven, once again, for episode 57 of Cyber Time Bite. 57. Wow, man, I'm a year in, 57 episodes in. God, I did it. I really have done it. I have really outdone myself. Um, and... And as I'm recording this, I will be at a convention this weekend, and that'll be really fun and stuff. So hopefully you guys, hopefully you guys are listening. Um, we're there, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And today, I'm with someone who does a podcast too, a different kind of podcast than mine. <laughs> you you know how the you know how the time by goes. It's interview, it's interview guest every week, uploads every Wednesday. But this guy. Doesn't doesn't interview people on the weekly basis. He he talks about wrestling and the and the world of the Rock and Roland. <laughs> <laughs> Today I, I um we didn't really talk before before the podcast, so we so this is gonna be like a a, a perfect introduction. Today I'm with um Nick, the I'm guessing the one of the of it, the one of the half or something. Of the Rock and Wrestling podcast, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Yeah, no, uh, it, yeah, it's uh, Nick from uh, the Rock and Wrestling podcast. Yeah, man, I'm doing great. It's a, it's kind of different to be interviewed. I'm usually doing the the interviewee. Um, had, I mean, is it just you, or is there more people that join you? No, no, it's just me. It's uh, I'm I'm a so I'm solo. I, I uh, each week is guest based. Uh, so basically. I've either got a guest, whether it's a pro wrestler, it's a somebody that's a rock from a rock band or heavy metal band. I've had a couple of comedians on that are uh, one Taylor Williamson. He was on America's Got Talent. He's a big wrestling fan, so I had him on to talk about wrestling. I had Jim Florentine from that metal show. He's a stand-up comedian, and he's a big uh, heavy metal and rock and roll fan. So, pretty much anybody that is versed in either professional wrestling or rock and roll, heavy metal, you know, centered music uh, joins me. And, you know, from from time to time, I, I do do solo shows, which it's hard as a podcaster to do a solo show. But uh, I have done some, I've done a couple of album reviews. I did uh, a top 20 Motley Crue songs of all time. I'm actually going to be doing a top 20 later this month in July for a top 20 Iron Maiden songs. So, but anything professional wrestling, Rock and roll—that's that's, that's kind of me, and it, it's just me. I um, I I, I gotta say, I mean, it's kind of, your podcast kind of sounds like mine, but it's, you know, it's wrestling and uh, rock and roll centric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. And uh, I I'm a musician myself, and I've been playing in bands for a lot of years. And uh, I talk to a lot of musicians and even professional wrestlers about this. How you know especially from my experience playing in a band you you've got to deal with multiple personalities get schedule according uh well you know this person doesn't like that song idea or this person doesn't want to do that gig this doing it solo it's me it's my branding and it's much more easier of you know what if 
I want to do something, I can just do it. I want to interview this person. So I, I like it, you know, much more. It's it's just me, and I, I can kind of do and control what I want. So I got I got to tell you I got I got to tell you something though on my podcast um, here on the time bite. I probably had someone on my show that's rock and roll based that you probably never got your hands on yet. <laughs> uh, who's that? I interviewed Rusty Cooley on my show. I'm not familiar with him. Not familiar? No. He um he's a guitarist. He's from Texas. He used to live here in Chicago, but now he lives in Texas. And uh, he plays in a band. He plays in a band called Day of Reckoning, and he and he releases his own solo stuff. And um, it are you are you familiar with the song EBE? It sounds very familiar. The band Day of Reckoning sounds very very familiar. Uh, you know, and that's that's kind of what uh, I enjoy about coming across other people's podcasts and, and stuff is introducing uh, me to new stuff like that. So I'll definitely have to check them out. Yeah, that that does sound very very familiar. I, I there's many many bands that that I know. So yeah, that does sound very familiar. I probably heard of heard some of their stuff before i just their their band names not you know didn't stick with me but i'm sure that uh I, i've probably heard a song or two from them before i can if you want if you want him on your show i can i could probably i could probably hook you up probably you know maybe yeah that's that's great i'm always looking looking for new guests guests that are you know re- wrestling centric people rock and roll centric people and that's kind of what i go for kind of go for and you know it's i try to keep it conversational uh i look my the big influence for for kind of doing it i you know i'm a big fan of conrad thompson uh he's got you know the podcast wrestling podcast world on lockdown and what he does with his format but uh, i listen to uh, chris jericho's podcast is very good and i've read his all of his books a couple times and he says the one thing that he wanted to do with his podcast was when you have a guest on keep it conversational you know don't have questions because then you know uh it you know you have some bullet points that you want to talk about but keep it conversational because that's where it's going to be much more entertaining rather than it being much more formulaic and it can be you know you know uh, a rock you know guitar player or pro wrestler can be very turned off and not and give you very short answers because well i've answered these questions five hundred thousand times i don't want to answer them again but if you try to think outside the box and talk to them you know well what do they think about this match or what about this that's going on or something you know even with a like a wrestler i like to talk if i can if i know they're a music fan i'll talk music with a professional wrestler because maybe they don't talk about that in a lot of interviews and it keeps the conversational and it keeps it shows a different dimension and you know for a podcast it, it more or less it's entertainment and that's what you want to want to strive for so uh what what are um like like what are some like wrestlers there's the word i'm trying to think of it <laughs> um, <laughs> what wrestlers have you had in your show because i can I, I can name off some of the some of the ones i had in mine for for uh for your recommendations of your podcast if you want them on too yeah, uh, some of the big names I've had on that have really been a fun have been uh, my my favorite interview, favorite guest that I've had is as I've been Tony Schiavone. Uh, he obviously you know famed whenever he was uh, the lead announcer for WCW in the Monday Night Wars on Monday Nitro uh, through Jim Crockett Promotions. He, he's got a wealth. Uh, I met him. Yeah, wealth of 
you know, history and with his podcast that he does with Conrad now, it's funny because it's like, my God, the voice of my childhood is this dirty old man that just tells dick jokes and all this great stuff. So I got to interview him in person in Chicago last summer for the big StarCast event, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy, a great interview, and it was one of my favorites because... I didn't go in with any notes. I just went, you know, there's some things I've always wanted to talk to Tony about and just keep it conversational, and that was great. He was great. I've had Eric Bischoff on, which he's in the pro wrestling news right now for getting signed with WWE and becoming kind of the lead creative guy of SmackDown. I had him on actually twice, once just as a generic, you know, interview, and then another time right after me and Gene Okerlund passed away, he came on and he shared some memories with that. Uh, I've had AEW wrestler Frankie Kazarian. Uh, he's in, in a rock band called Gutter Candy. He's been on my show twice yeah. talking about that. Um, so th- those are just a couple of the big names uh, wrestling-wise I've had. I've had some legends like the Patriot, uh, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I've had so many. I'm, I'm trying trying to I'm blanking almost here. Uh on you know they all lumped together but those are some of the bigger bigger wrestling names i've had on i met uh i met eric bischoff and tony shimani at c2e2 this past march and i mean they're pretty they're pretty nice people i mean i love tony shimani he's one of my uh broadcasting heroes honestly because i went to broadcasting school and he's one of the guys that i looked up to i mean like i mean this is I, i mean like I didn't know about him until the WWE Network, obviously, because I didn't watch wrestling growing up. I I watched it. I didn't start watching until 2009, so that's when everything that's like you know after the WCW purchase, and that was like after everything. And so when the network came out, I started watching more WCW. And then I flowed towards Tony Schiavone, and he was he was one of my broadcasting broadcasting heroes. Yeah, Tony Tony does a really really good job, and, and he's a super nice guy. He's a uh, Actually, you know, I would say he's a friend, but come kind of an acquaintance over the last year since I've interviewed him. And, you know, we exchange emails and phone calls from time to time and just kind of chatting. So very, very cool from that standpoint. He's a great guy. Eric's a great guy, too. They're they're both very, very nice guys that uh, I've much, much enjoyed uh, interviewing and talking with. Did you uh, did you email them to get those set up? Uh, the, 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 the Eric one, Conrad has a model with his, his podcast where they do a Patreon membership and Eric, I got through, through that because I was supporting him and I just, you know, kind of asked him one day, Hey, would you be willing to come on my show? And Eric, you know, said, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people are afraid to take that chance of, Hey, you know, asking somebody to do their show, they might be, Oh, that's a too big a name but you know what just go on you know you never you can't it doesn't hurt to ask you know you can't be you know if they get told no you get told no i've been told no many a times i've emailed with the wwe several times and they've told me no but eventually you know if you build your brand big enough and you get your name out there they're going to say yes tony was a unique situation in that part of starcast one last year in chicago uh i was supposed to do a live show and because of scheduling conflicts, I had to be bumped out of it, which wasn't a problem. But Conrad, being the great guy that he was, compensated me and said, what can I do to make this up to you? And I said, you know, I'd love to get an interview with Tony. And he hooked me right up. And, you know, I got an hour with Tony Schiavone. Do you uh, do you know uh, Do you know Conrad? Like, do you guys talk? Do you know? 
Yeah, I, 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 I talked to him. Uh, Conrad's a, a very, very nice dude. Very genuine, genuine super nice guy. Uh, I've emailed with him several times. And I, I just got kind of, you know, through the StarCast uh, event, got to know him a little bit. Uh, I wanted to help promote it because before it really took off and became what it is now, uh, I was part of Podcast Row last year uh, for StarCast 1. So I got on that and I wanted to help promote the whole event. So Conrad came on my show uh, to talk about that. And then I had Conrad on again. That, uh, just this past April to talk about Starcast Two that took place in May, and I did a lot. I did my first live show out there in Vegas this past May. So yeah, I know Conrad. He's a, he's a great dude. I love all his podcasts, and he's really got you know it down to a formula of how to make money and a great business model. And you know, everyone talks about wanting to be the next Conrad, which would be great. But I think some people need to tamper their their expectations because he's got a great business model. But not only that. Uh, he, you know, he's got some, not him personally, but the people he does the shows with have, have some great main value. I, um, I, I was gonna, this is, this is so funny, man. I was, I was almost going to be part of podcast row the first time they came here, but I didn't have the funds because it cost over like a $500 to get a table. And I was like, Whoa, can't do that. Yeah. It did. It, it did cost cost money, and I was willing to pay it because, uh, you know, it helped build my, you know, it helped build my brand and really get out there. I mean, after that, that's when, you know, uh, I could put it on my resume, and that's when all of a sudden, boom, you know, uh, Eric came on my show, Sean Mooney came on my show, uh, Frankie Kazarian came on my show. Within that first probably two weeks after StarCast, I was just knocking out interviews after interviews after interviews of big name people and you know that i've got to attribute a lot of that to to being part of starcast the the thing the thing is though is that um is that it's that i work at jewel osco of all places so i mean like that that's a that's just a it's just a a part-time job i don't i don't make i don't make money to be i don't make the kind of money where i can just be doing doing five hundred dollars a week on something yeah, yeah, and it's understandable. I, I think I think you know you have to temper your goals in terms of what you know. You know you have to create a budget if you're really wanting to do something, and you can't go outside that budget. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, oh, dude, you get big names. How do you do that? And I go, well, you know, make make some contacts, find out you know the proper channels to go through to ask them to do an interview. And then even from there, you know, just because you get a big name on your show doesn't mean you're going to make money. I think, you know, one of the things about podcasts right now is there's so many of them and you have to make your content different to stand out. But not only that, um, trying to make money, people think that, you know, oh, if I start a podcast and I can just get a bunch of bunch of big names on it, I'm going to make a bunch of money, which isn't the case. Uh, you have to have a game plan. And you've got to hope that you got some real listenership in order to get that. You know, my goal, I would love to absolutely be doing a podcast full time, making a bunch of money. But I'm also realistic in that I'm just a fan that loves these two things. I molded them together. Whether I make any money off of it, I could care less. I just love doing it and having a good time doing it. Do you, um, uh, do you live in Chicago, or where are you from? Like, what? I'm. I, I live out in California, so yeah, that 
one of the things that's tough out here is, is getting a lot of uh, centric, I guess you could say, uh, a lot of wrestlers and a lot of rock and rollers are based in, you know, for some reason it seems like East Coast time zone. So that, that's one of the, 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 the real struggles that I tend to get when doing interviews is I've got to do them at really at the crack of dawn my time at like six in the morning because, you know, it could be. You know, I could email Ring of Honor and go, hey, you know, I'd love, I, actually, this was just the case of that my episode that dropped today with the Woman of Honor champion, Kelly Klein. You know, I'd love to interview her. Oh, yeah, well, great. We'll set it up. Hey, she can do it tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, I'm like, well, great. That's 6 a.m. my time. So, you know, that means I've got to get up two hours earlier, make sure I've got all my gear, get to my actual day job, set, you know, get myself set up so I can do the interview, which, you know, that's not an issue, but. Being in California for some reason seems to be a stretch sometimes when interviewing some guys. A lot of the rock uh, guys I interview, it's it's it can be a little easier because most of them don't get up till one, two in the afternoon. So they usually like to do interviews later in the day because that's when you know they're more nocturnal with them being on tour. Um, hopefully, hopefully, it's not too much to ask from you, but I would. Like, like I would love, like I would love to come on your podcast just, just for you to interview me, just to give me the hard questions about my podcast. I think that'd be cool if you're down with that. Yeah, that'd be great. Sometime, you know. And one of the things that I that I tend to do on my show is is, is promote stuff, and you know, have people on, you know. And one of the things that I do is is try to, you know, fit in a couple bonus episodes throughout the month. Absolutely, you know, I love love doing that. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be like, Kate, put me on your podcast, but I'm saying I think it would be, that would be pretty, that would be pretty funny, and co- that'd be cool, right? Oh, absolutely, you know, you gotta, you gotta trade off, you know, one of the things that, you know, you, you learn with smaller fan podcasts is, you know, hey man, you know, let's, let's trade some audio swipes, you know, and I'm trying to grow my audience, maybe get some of your listeners, check out my stuff, and some, you know, and vice versa. So... What is your like? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's how you correctly say, but what is your goal? Uh, ultimate goal is 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 money here. Uh, I I would love to have it become an as being a in a band that I you know being a musician for many years that I have been. One of the struggles was always to make money, and mm-hmm. whether you know. It's through merchandising. It's through song royalties. It was always a struggle to make money. Uh, the ultimate goal here would to be get some, you know, to look like five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred. You know, ultimately the ultimate goal. You know, a grand extra coming in a month from the podcast. That's the ultimate goal. But you know, whether it be through, you know, a combination of merchandising and and doing enough research. You know, podcast is all about ad sales. Can you get ads? And that's that's one of the things when you're a smaller podcast, if, you know, even though, you know, I've got great numbers and I've been really pleased with my numbers. It's it's hard to get the big numbers that companies want to see. You know, Chris Jericho and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to get big name sponsors because they probably have, you know, half a million to a million people listening to them per episode. Well, yeah, the company's going to want to sponsor some, but they, that's got you know, a huge audience like that. Me only others, you know, that's on the low end of the thousands, you know, they're not going to want to sponsor because, well, you may have a big audience, you think, but for us to, to, 
the pitch money, that's not probably where we want to spend our money. So it's just about growing it. And I went in, when I started my show, I went in realistically and went, you know, I love what Conrad does. I love, you know, I listen to Sirius XM busted open. I love what they do. I love what Chris Jericho does. But they all have some sort of name value. And I, and I tell a lot of people that, you know, other small, especially wrestling podcasts, this, that they go, oh, man, you get big names. You must be hitting huge downloads. And I go, yes, I'll, I will have a huge week, a huge episode. But one of the things that people uh, need to temper their expectations is they expect that, you know, I just can get a bunch of big guests or I can just go give my opinion on wrestling or whatever, then I'm going to make a bunch of money and that, that's not the case you know one of the things that makes conrad successful is he's got somebody you know even though he doesn't do guests he's got somebody with him that has a name you know tony shivani hadn't been in pro wrestling for over 10 years or 15 years at that point before he started his podcast with conrad uh you know jr he's got a podcast with jr jim you know jr's got name value bruce pritchard has name value so there's name value and then you have the correct format that's going to create an opportunity of lots of money. However, if you're just a fan and nobody really knows who you are, yes, you've got to build that audience, but it's not just going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. So that ultimately goal is to have a large, large audience and make some significant money off of it. But it, that's going to take time when you're just one guy who's a fan who enjoys this. I think a lot of smaller podcasters out there think oh this will be a get get rich scheme and, and believe it or not actually podcasting is not that way mm-hmm. so so uh, tell me about your band and what you thought about this is about the best city ever chicago you know not not trying to trash your low california town but i'm just saying <laughs> uh yeah i'm you know currently i'm not in a band i, I played in in the, in the local scene out here in sacramento for for several years and uh you know got to open up for some big names like buck cherry and saxon michael shanker stephen piercy from rat uh queens reich puddle mud a whole bunch of lists and, and you know did some out of town shows and you know really really did stro- uh, you know stride for that but uh going to starcast for chicago i really enjoyed chicago i would have liked to have seen more of the city but I was there for StarCast and All In, and I mean, it was cool, but I all I saw was the inside of the hotel for the convention and the Sears Center for All In. That's about all I saw of Chicago, and it wasn't even really Chicago. It was, uh, God, it was a Schembecker, you know, it's a suburb outside of Chicago, about 20, 25 minutes or something like that. So it wasn't even really in Chicago, Chicago, so... I would have loved to gone, you know, gone maybe a couple of days earlier, and, or you know, stayed a couple of days later and checked everything out. But yeah, you know, I went for uh, for for Starcast, and that's that's what I was doing the whole time there. <laughs> no, dude, you're the very first person ever in my life that ever called Schomburg Schombecker. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where it was because that was the the the. the, the the weird thing is, like, everything, they were like, oh, it's this. And I'm like, you know, I'm from California. I don't know what, what, where it is, what it is. So, and what was weird was landing in the airport. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're thinking you're going to Chicago. And then you, you put the hotel in. And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, this is, like, 25, 30 minutes outside. Of, that's, like, a suburb of Chicago. And I'm like, so we're not even really in Chicago. Yeah, it's um, where... Um, uh, they give you, they, they tell you something interesting. Where the where Starcast is held, 
was held. I was actually, I used to live in that town. Um, and then I moved um, to where I live now. And uh, where All In was held is where I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was definitely a cool area, a cool event to be a part of and go to. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm going to miss Starcast three in August and all out. Really you know, disappointed. But uh, I've gone. I went to the first two. Was a part of the first two. They're great. They're great events. Conrad does a phenomenal job. The whole staff and team he's got there is great. Everything I feel in terms of tickets and and meet and greets and everything is so reasonably priced compared to other big wrestling conventions and definitely once in a lifetime experience and anybody that's listening out there that is on the fence about going or hasn't gone i would highly recommend going because it is an absolute blast why are you not going to be at the third one i've got a wedding to go to so that not much i can get out get out of that and go into that the wedding's been planned before i didn't even knew there was going to be a starcast three i oh, i didn't even know there'd be a starcast two Everything Conrad had been saying on his shows was that you know he was one and done. Then they did the second one in Vegas, and then they popped up with an announcement about the third one. And I said, "Well, crap!" I said that's the weekend I got to go to a family wedding, so not much I can do about that. Um, but uh, if, if you do come back here, you should check it out, man. Schaumburg has a lot to offer. I mean, we have the second biggest mall in the country. You obviously saw that when you were there, the Woodfield Mall, the second biggest mall in the country. Yeah, I, I yeah I did take a I take a gander in there for a few minutes when I had a break. I checked I checked that out and you know went went to a couple of restaurants and I think one at the end of the towards the uh, Sunday when Starcast ended a little early went over and checked out Medieval Times. But yeah, I, I'd love I'd love to love to check that out. You know uh, that was same same thing with uh, Starcast two and going to Vegas. I'd been to Vegas many many times, so uh, it's not like I was I had missed much but i was really there for starcast and and double or nothing but yeah they're they're great events so hopefully uh one day i'll make it back out there if if next year they they have a starcast four or five i'll definitely try to be making that did uh did you go double or nothing in real life <laughs> when you're yes. in vegas yeah well i was vegas vegas worked out uh worked out kind of nice in terms because it was real close to my 30th birthday so i kind of just made that my celebration there wasn't a podcast road this time for for uh, Starcast two, so it was just a, a situation where uh, I got in, I got in with the right people, and you know Conrad was nice enough to give me a platform to say, "Hey, you want to do a live show?" So I went and did a live show there, and it was it was a blast. I had such a fun time. But Starcast two, I was made more able to go and just be a fan and enjoy the convention. Did a ton of meet and greets and see some of the live stage shows and then went out and did some of the Vegas activities. But yeah, it was, it was a blast. Uh, both, both event, both times I went just amazing events. So do you got to go for Conrad to get the Tony and Eric and all those guys or do you, or can you just get to them personally? Uh, Eric now will be hard too, since he's signed with back with the WWE. I don't think he's going to have much time for things. Uh, Tony, uh, you can go, you know personally through if you can uh and right now that's pretty much you know jr has got his own guy that if you wanted to, to try and talk to bruce is up there with wwe so nearly impossible so you know uh for the most part you can go through them personally and, and they'll do it but uh eric and 
yeah, you know, Eric's back with the WWE now. He's going to have the the no sleep schedule for the most part. And I, Tony's uh, mentioned on the show. I, I feel very honored because he does very few podcasts because he doesn't want to deter from uh, what he does and on his podcast. So uh, I feel lucky. I'm one of the few uh, podcasts that he, I guess you could say, selected to come on and do an interview with. So, so uh, who who do you want on your show that you haven't had on your show yet? I would love. I mean, a, a top two dream guest for me would be to get uh, Sting. I would love to have Sting, uh, just because he hasn't done a lot of interviews uh, over the years. Uh, just loved would love to get his thoughts on on so much of his career. Sting's my all time favorite, and I'd love to get his thoughts on on. Uh, so many things and I'd love to get his honest thoughts you know his thoughts about what about his WWE run you know the ending of his arcade 97 you know uh, the transition yeah. from the surfer sting to the crow sting you know being the face of WCW but a lot of people want to discredit that because WCW for the mo- majority of the time sting was the face never made any money so I would love you know he might be my all-time favorite, but I would really want to ask him some pressing questions because I'd love to hear his thoughts because he just doesn't – he hasn't done interviews and just doesn't do them. So I'd love to get uh, him on. And my other one would be uh, be Slash from Guns N' Roses. Uh, he's my all-time favorite guitar player, and I'd just love to chop it up, talk with him uh, about guitar stuff. I mean, those are, those are two dream guests. But, uh, you know, I'd love you know love to get some, some talent from AEW. You know, love to – Talk, pick, talk to Cody Rhodes, the Bucks. Uh, Chris Jericho is also on the top of my list. Uh, I, I'd love to have him on because he's be the perfect guest. Because with Fozzie, he has the Rock background, and then being a pro wrestler, I really want to have him on because, like Chris Jericho, I'm a big '80s Kiss fan, and so is he. So I just want to have a symposium where it's just me and him talking '80s Kiss for an hour and a half. Yeah, that would that would be that would be pretty kicking. Yeah, it would be, and that's you know I've uh, through through the the music industry is a little a little easier to get people through interviews because they have press companies where compared to wrestlers, you know they do much of their own bidding and own work. So I've gotten onto a lot of press companies, press releases, uh, several festivals, uh, music conventions where. You know, they send me, you know, not bombard me, but send me on the media blast. So, yeah, these bands are doing interviews. This band's got a new record coming out. So, you know, hopefully I should be able to, you know, one one of these days get uh, Jericho through his band Fozzie. I've had his guitar player on, Rich Ward from Fozzie. Uh, Super nice guy. So hopefully I'll I'll get Chris on one of these days and we can talk 80s Kiss for who knows how long. Um, What? I, I this is probably a question that you probably never get, but um, but you know, being cyber time, I gotta ask those questions. But um, what, what are you into puns, or is there like, is what or what what can like what what really makes you go like oh god? Well, you know, puns are puns are puns are funny. You know, I'm a, I've got a second podcast that you know, uh, it's very over the top, and it's in it's in the vein of what tony shivani does on his podcast uh it's called guys with six packs it's two of me and my buddies uh you know we give each other a lot of crap 
when we're just hanging out. And one day, I, you know, one day we went, you know, we should just record this and put that out there. So that's kind of what uh, we do. And it's very over the top, very uh, abrasive kind of humor comedy. And it's very a lot of dick jokes and a lot of this and that. So, you know, nothing makes me real go, oh, God, you know, I think one of the, the you know, you know, stuff that might say that, you know, makes me roll my eyes is a lot of negativity in terms of like Twitter. I hate getting on and especially in wrestling where people just complain and complain and complain about things. And it's like, what happened to just enjoying shit, man? Why, why do you got to complain? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it, it's like, it's like when people like, how do I say it? It's like when Dota E was trying to like bring back that, that, that sense of the attitude era back to the fans. People, people want it, but people also complain when they bring it back. Yeah, I mean, wrestling fans are, are a weird breed, man. They they think, you know, it, it's, you know, I compare it to, like, you know, any other sport. You know, if you watch football, nobody goes on and complains about, like, oh, this product is terrible. What, what, what the hell is the commissioner doing? Like, why is he allowing this to go on? You know, I wish it was like the old days. Nobody does that in other sports except except wrestling, and it, it, it's weird that way. Um for the most part, I try to put my phone down when I watch wrestling now because it's just so many people, you know, I thought this past week, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown were great shows. They were a step in the right direction. Hadn't been that good in a long time. But people still wanted to harp on the negatives like, oh, that was a stupid segment with the Street Profits or what's this pregnancy angle with uh, Mike and Maria Canellas? That's dumb. I'm like, well, why, don't, why can't we focus on the positive and that Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley – you know, ran through the stage and the thing blew up and all that, you know, so I, that just, it drives me nuts, you know, you know, what happened, you know, I grew up in the attitude era where it was just like, you watched it and you had fun, you know, and as a kid, I didn't, I didn't think that any of the segments were bad. I thought, you know, this is pro wrestling and this is great. Great. I, I wish more people would see it through that positive eyes rather than let me crap on the show, whatever I can crap on. Well, if you, People are gonna, people, but you know, there's gonna be the other end of the spectrum, or they're gonna think like that. No, there's gonna be the people who think like that, and then there's gonna be the other people on the other end of the spectrum. They're gonna be like nostalgia goggles. Take them off. Yeah, you know, and I love nostalgia as much as much as the next person. You know, I still freak out anytime the Undertaker shows up because he's one of my all-time favorites. And some, and then there's the camp that, ah, oh, he's old. Let him just retire and enjoy it. But I'm like, you know what? He, he gets the biggest pop out of the whole anybody when he shows up. So they're going to keep bringing him out when you keep, you know, as long as you keep cheering him. So, you know, there's just, there's always going to be a division about what's right. But like I said, re- wrestling's unique in that you know, it's the only form of entertainment where the fans seem to think that they know what's right. Do you think you'll ever bring back the biker gimmick? You know, I liked the biker gimmick. It was cool for what it lasted, but I, to me, this that's not the Undertaker. And I, and I almost now that I'm older wish they wouldn't have called him the Undertaker because that's not what his true gimmick, you know, true the true Undertaker gimmick is. I understand why they went with the biker thing. He had to adapt to times, and it's closer to his actual personality. And I loved the, the biker gimmick, but towards the end of it you could kind of see it kind of dying out and it, it was it got overplayed very quickly while this classic iconic undertaker i don't think will ever get old but but wait a minute if it, it 
Wait, if the biker... But wait, couldn't he just been the dead man this whole time, no matter what the era was, and he could have fit in? Because that was the Undertaker. The Undertaker was the Undertaker. He, If he didn't go biker, then it would, it still, he still would have been, like, you know, the dead man walking gimmick and all that stuff. Would, yeah, I think it would have... It would have... It would have worked. They they would have, you know, the Undertaker is a weird character in that he can work in er- any era. I think he wanted to change up because before he was the biker gimmick, he was doing the real, like, Satan-heavy Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. And I think he wanted, you know, a much different different character from that. And I think he wanted to portray something that was closer to him, you know, as, an, as the actual person. And I think it, it was was good that they did it because it did give the fans a side of what the undertaker is like in real life as a person that he's not an actual dead man and he can speak but i i agree with you if he would have never gotten to the biker gimmick the dead man would have worked just fine but i'm glad that they've uh they've stuck with this there was you know a couple years ago wrestlemania 34 there was rumors that he was going to come back as the dead the biker gimmick because kid rock was in the hall of fame and I'm just glad they've stuck with this gimmick, and to me, this is what works. That, that that's what yeah, that's what everyone was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I think that's that was the reason why I thought that the Undertaker did not come out um, on Raw, and why John Cena kept calling him out, and why he never came out is because they were trying to surprise us at WrestleMania with the biker gimmick to come out like right there, you know. But like it never happened you know he came out as the regular old undertaker and did his thing five seconds yeah well i mean to me the undertaker he's an older character and to me really for the undertaker at this point it's all about the entrance i you know come out and give me the greatest hits give me give me the big boot give me the snake eyes choke slam tombstone go home good enough for me that's all i need to see from him can you imagine undertaker walking that walking that ramp at uh um, what WrestleMania was that? The one that was in Orlando, that Rome, with Roman Reigns. Can you imagine the Undertaker walking from the top of that ramp to the bomb? How long the entrance would really be? <laughs> yeah, they 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 did it a little different. And then he came out from the middle of the ramp, and I think that once again, that's just time because of his entrance. It's it's supposed to be a slow and methodical entrance, so I think that was the kind of the idea. Pull him up for halfway, and you know he's older. He's older now too, so you know you you. You don't want to want him blowing up, you know, through his entrance, going Ultimate Warrior style. That that would be that'd be funny though. Just like you know, his entrance is long already. It was just it was just we if you were to do it from the top to the bottom, it would it, we would we could probably watch it like the whole Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl would be done by the time he gets to the bottom. Yeah, it would be a very long entrance. <laughs> um, favorite wrestler, favorite entrance. Uh, Sting's my all-time favorite. As I mentioned previously, uh, Sting is of definitely all, my all- of all yes, time. I, I mean, it, to me, it's almost a hard, hard thing. You know, when people say your favorite wrestler, I mean, Sting is my all-time favorite. But Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin are one, one B and one, you know, one C. They're right there too, and just that. And you know, old to me, probably still the greatest entrance is the Undertaker's. So, I mean, that when that gong hits and the lights go out and he comes out. There's there's nothing better, and that's of all time. It's so Sting, Undertaker, and Stone Cold. You, yeah, those would probably be my my top three. Just you know, I, 1997 is when I really got into wrestling, and that was at the height of the Sting NWO 
feud and to watch Sting week in and week out, not say a not say a word, but just come down from the rafters with a baseball bat and just beat the living crap out of the entire NWO when nobody had touched them was great. I mean, the whole build to him and Hogan for Starcade '97 was like what pro wrestling should be, how you tell a long term story, and that whole build was was incredible. Undertaker, I've always been a fan of. He has always had great matches. And then Stone Cold, I mean, just the character of Stone Cold is is incredible. And as I mentioned, I got in at the height of the Attitude Era, and there there was nobody bigger than Stone Cold. And I mean, you know, even my non wrestling fan friends that are non wrestling fans, you know, they know who Steve Austin is. And you know, it, it just it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, what else can you say about the guy? I um. Uh... My per- if I can say my personal favorite guy was uh, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect was a great in in ring worker, man. He 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 had some great matches and great personality. You know, being a little younger, uh, you know, I I never really saw him as the Mr. Perfect character. I saw him as Kurt Henning in WCW, where he was you know part of the NWO, and then later on did the West Texas Rednecks gimmick, and then. Later, he came back to the WWE for a last little run as Mr. Perfect. But, yeah, he, he was great, man. He absolute great, great professional wrestler. Um, did, you, did, you watch his, uh, did, did you watch his match at SummerSlam, the really good one with the Intercontinental Championship? That was a oh, great him, match. Yeah, him, him and Bret Hart, just, just, they tore it down. That's a, that's a classic SummerSlam match. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that one. He should have won the title. I honestly think he should have won the the the, the WWE title at one point in his career, but he never got it. He, he didn't, but there, you know, there's a lot of guys that, like that, and you know, he he was from an era where there was a lot of top stars in the company, and you know, only so many are going to get that chance. And at that time, not really so many. Only you know, one or two. If your your name was Hulk Hogan or Macho Man, you you were the the top dog. So. Uh, but he was he was a great. I mean, it, it sucks he never really won a world championship in either WCW or WWF at the time. But he was still, uh, you know, the matches he had just phenomenal. Um, what's your favorite pay per view of all time? That that's a tough one because there's 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 been a lot of great pay per views I've watched. Uh, I would I could probably give you probably a top three similar. Uh, WrestleMania 31, I really enjoyed several years ago. Uh, just being there for you know for Sting's only WrestleMania match and it being my first WrestleMania I ever went to, that was a, a really good card. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the the Double or Nothing pay per view. I thought that was was up there to be there for the first AEW event. Uh, once again, you know I. For me, it's it's being at the live crowd, being part of that. But mm-hmm. you know, all time favorite pay per view is is a, is a real you know, real hard because there's some there's some good good uh, you know good pay per views. You know, a lot of people always claim that you know WrestleMania 17 is the best WrestleMania of all time. But to me, if I was going to say all time favorite pay per view, I would probably lean towards actually. Uh, my what I believe is the best WrestleMania of all time, which is WrestleMania 19. I, I think top to bottom, there's not a bad match on that card. I think overall that that that's probably my favorite pay per view. I at, come WrestleMania time every year, I watch that WrestleMania start to finish just because it's 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 that good. But wait, wait, wait! 
How about WrestleMania 18? You know, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Icon versus Icon. It's Toronto Sky Dome. It's like the perfect recipe of of WrestleMania. Good. I mean, okay, maybe that's the one match, but the rest of the matches are pretty good. I mean, the the rest of the matches are good, but to me that that you're to me 19. I don't know what it is. I mean, you just have from Lesnar to Angle, Hogan and McMahon, Austin Rock three. Uh, Michaels and Jericho, Booker T, Triple H. You know, to me, there there's more memorable matches. 18 to me is really Hogan Rock, and then everything else. Uh, you know, to me, a good wrestling card you can you can remember multiple matches. Yeah. And, you know, from and that that's to me 19 is 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 probably my favorite. You know, pay per view card of all time. You know, not far behind. I would also say Starcade 97, just because the the build to that and that had several you know besides sting and hogan you had you know bischoff and sabisco you had ddp kurt henning you had malenko and eddie guerrero so you know a lot a lot memorable from that card too how about uh 16 do you like wrestlemania 16 you know the uh... 16 16 that the, is is a tough one wrestlemania 2000 too many too many multi-man matches there's not a single match and not not a lot going on for that one. I still has has one of the greatest matches ever in, in the the triangle ladder match with the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian. But man, that that one's I watched that one not too long ago. That one's a rough one to actually get through because there's so many multi man matches going on. Were you there though? Because it was at the pot at the at the. At the I, I wasn't at that one because that's a that's part down in Southern California. The only mania I've been to was 31 because that's in the Bay Area, which is you know just a couple hours from me. So. And that was a great one because you had Sting's only WrestleMania match, but also like the cash in with Seth Rollins uh, in the main event. So that was great and cool to be in the crowd for as well. Um, what uh, what what's your um, what's your thoughts on the ruthless aggression era though and the Attitude Era? Do you think they're kind of the same, or do you think they have their differences? They have some major differences i mean the the ruthless aggression era you know you have the brand extension so you've got two completely different shows uh the ruthless aggression era was you know much more you know you had some risque content but it was much it was it was dialed back a lot and i think you know ruthless aggression was much more about you know being a good wrestler you know you had you know the the, the height i would say of that era was benoit guerrero with wrestlemania 20 you know, the crowning of them as, as world champions, you know, that's really the height of that kind of, you know, two, three, four, five year period in there. It was much more about, you know, match quality versus the story where the attitude era was, you know, anything goes. I mean, as much great stuff as we had from Stone Cold driving the beer truck, the cement truck the you know zamboni the rock with all his catch catchphrases jericho you also had some really bad in the attitude era and i think that people just think about how over you know the big names were that they forget you know val venus had his wiener chopped off on on tv by kai and tai uh may young gave birth to a hand uh you know so there are some some bad skits and i always that's why i always compare you know people want to say bring back the attitude era but i'm like you brought back the attitude era you just go on Twitter to complain about the bad segments that there were. So, so, um, so I guess to wrap this thing up with, with only five minutes left, um, 
we could basically say the answer was like was like you could you can whip out your wiener and, and let it fly and the and the ruthless aggression era was like come here can you hurt uh, let me show you how let me show you how to do a chokehold <laughs> yeah yeah you could say that i don't think it would be that drastic i think the ruthless aggression was much you know there was still some re- i mean we had the katie vick thing going on with triple h and, and the kane storyline but it was much more subdued and you know you know i was only in junior high really you know going into high school in the ruthless aggression era so i didn't see much of a change now that i'm older and you go back and watch you can obviously see see that major change and you know you can see the major change from the ruthless aggression to the pg area once cena becomes kind of the anointed anointed guy there on the company so yeah i mean you know that's the great thing about pro wrestling is there's so many different eras so many things to get, you know talk about and debate about you know you talk about I, once again i make the reference to other sports you know you can clearly say you know this guy is the best at his position of all time well who is the best pro wrestler of all time that's up for de- debate it's it's personal preference it, it's really you know a debate that can is going to go on for ages because there's no one definitive answer one criteria to say who's the best pro wrestler of all time yeah, I mean, there is a lot to debate debate about, like, Chris Benoit, but we're not going to go there. Um, exactly, exactly. You know, some, like, you know, you, you might think, you know, Mr. Perfect's the greatest of all time, but, you know, somebody might say, well, he never won a world title. How much money did he drove versus Hulk Hogan or versus The Rock or Stone Cold? And that's, that's what's great about it and being a fan is you can, there's always a debate and it's always about personal preference. So, um... It's 2.52, almost um, 2.52 my time, and I know you wanted to be done by 55. So um, show, so uh, tell all these great people um, where, where, they can, where they can find you, you know? Uh, you can find uh, follow me, follow all the show accounts uh, over on Twitter at Nick's R&W Podcast is the handle. Uh, follow back. I'm very active on there. That's, you know where I'm most active, but uh, Instagram rock and wrestling podcast, Facebook uh, is Nick's rock and wrestling podcast. Uh, you can find the show pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. I'm on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play, iTunes in radio, Stitcher, pretty much if it's a podcast app, I'm on there. It's on there. So you can find the show there. Um, you know, come on over, you know, leave a review, anything like that. You can find the show anywhere. Uh, that has podcasts did you have a good time yeah this was cool man i appreciate it once again you know just shoot shooting the breeze and uh you know being interviewed instead of doing the interviewing for a change um real quickly you can find me on facebook at cyber time bite you can find me on twitter at nostalgia man and you can pick up my merchandise at rebel.com or even you you even know who you do the podcast even knows that the spork is the most powerful of them all. All right. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on, and we'll have to have you on over on the Rock and Wrestling podcast soon. Yeah, just hit me up on the messages. So, um, thank you everyone for listening, and I hope all of you have a great day.